Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Auto Central, South Africa's number one motoring podcast. My name is George Mini, joined as usual by the none other than Wendy Lesishi. How's it, Wendy? Not too bad, not too bad. I've been, um, I'd marked this day on my calendar. You did? Yeah, I've been super excited. The square or circle? Um, I think it was a triangle, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you will notice that uh, we have a guest in our show today, and uh, we're joined by uh, Greg Marushevsky. Did I say that right, Greg? That's correct. That's perfect. <laughs> I had to practice that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, in the mirror last night. <laughs> yeah, practicing Marushevsky. Uh, I, I love like, those kinds of surnames. Uh, that's from Poland, you say? Poland. I was born in Poland. We're all in Poland. Yeah. Okay. So that's, uh, that's Polish surname. So Greg's from Poland. Um, and, uh, Greg is the managing director of Volvo Car South Africa. And today we're going to unpack, uh, how this, m- uh, popular automaker became one of South Africa's most popular mm-hmm. automobiles and what to expect in the coming months or years. Welcome, Greg. Thank you. Good to be here. Very, very good to have you. So, uh, Wendy, where can uh, our listeners find the show? As usual, you can find our show on cliffcentral.com if you want to listen to the audio on Mondays at 9 a.m. Um, but if you want to look at our faces and see what Greg looks like and see what I look like and what George looks like, I guess, um, you can also find us on the Auto Trader SA YouTube channel. Um, and we're also streaming live on Spotify as well as iTunes Music um, if you want to listen to the podcast at your convenience. And if you're looking at the feed, please don't forget to just comment, share, subscribe, tell us what you think. Think about Volvo. Smash the like button, especially yeah. if you like Volvo. Yeah, definitely. World's safest car. And uh, so let's unpack uh, this episode. We're calling this the Volvo episode, unpacking the secrets of South Africa's one of South Africa's top South African automotive companies. So in recent months, we've mm-hmm. had the opportunity to sit with uh, a couple of OEMs, uh, Wendy, to understand yeah. how they are navigating this ever-changing future automotive market in South Africa. And today we continue that trend where Wendy and I sit with Greg, the Managing Director of Volvo Car South Africa, um, and who has the challenging job of Mm -hmm. ensuring that Volvo continues to remain one of South Africa's most recognizable brands in the country and uh, uh, how it is to run one of the top manufacturers. So uh, first of all, Greg, welcome to Auto Central. And uh, before we kick off, we have a couple of quick-fire questions to put you on the spot. <laughs> a test. <laughs> a little test, yes. Um, and uh, we do this with all our guests, so don't, uh, don't worry. Uh, uh, you can't fail or pass this test. Um, um, and uh, so the, the question is, which do you prefer, winter or summer? Summer. Burger or steak? Steak. Book or movie? Movie. In terms of vacation, bush or beach? Definitely bush. In terms of car, ice, battery, electric or hybrid? I'll take a hybrid for now. And what is what was your first car? It was a Ford Escort XR3. Wow. And what yeah. is your current car? That's the black XC90. <laughs> right oh, we have a black XC90 <laughs> in the studio. Well, um, I had the fortunate opportunity, and thank you very much for uh, uh, giving me the uh, charcoal. What was the official color? Thunder gray. Thunder gray, that was it. The yeah. beautiful thunder gray Volvo XC90 to drive, which was the same as this vehicle uh, that we have in the studio with us today. And uh, Volvo kindly let me drive that car for a week. And I can tell you it is I amazing. Call, yeah. When you get in, you don't want to get out. Yeah. Um, how long have you been driving this car, Greg? This particular one? Mm-hmm. Um, it's been about three months. Three months? It's time for a new one. Okay. I think you know, the, I've been driving the T8 since it was introduced, which I think was May 2016. Okay. And... You know, the same feeling as you. Once you're in it, you don't want to get out. So I've just changed the colors. 
Okay. Stayed with the same car. What color did you have before this? The Thunder Grey that you drove. Oh, okay, okay. Well, what a beautiful car. Yeah, right? Absolutely that. stunning. I mean, is I it a seven seater, or is it um They're all seven seaters. Okay. You can get the six or seven. Okay. Uh, but the, the back row with the six, seven seat all folded flat. Yeah. You can't really see it until you pop it up. Yes. Okay. Well, which is ve- which is very useful and yeah, it's uh, convenient. doesn't seem to change, you know, the, the fact the that size the, of the car, the size of the car, yeah. or uh, you don't lose any boot space by having those two seats at the back there. Yes. Oh, nice. I didn't so know that. It's flat, flat, flat. So Even if you fold the middle row down, it'll be flat all the way down to the driver's side. Okay. Hmm. And you can you can put some decent stuff in there. It's quite a it's quite a it's quite a big car. This. Um, I tested some of its. Uh, I won't. I won't call it uh, autonomous driving, but driver aids. Yeah. Uh, I drove. I drove it quite a few times, like uh, medium distances, and um, and it does quite well um, yeah. in lane keeping when there's obviously lines. But I think most driver aids need lines. Um, you know, to kind of kind of read the road and make sure exactly, yeah. exactly. And uh, there was one stretch where I had my hand on the steering wheel, hardly touching it for a long period of time, and the car kept to the curves on the road and followed the car in front of me. And I hardly had to do any work, which yeah, so was... The lane markings are the essential items. Yeah. Once they're there, and like you say, you know, um, I think it depends on the speed of the, of the car. You can let it go of the steering wheel. Yes. But the best is just to hold it lightly, let the car steer. Yeah. And the speed gets adjusted automatically. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely loved it. So let's get into it, Greg. Um, how did your career begin in automotive? I started in South Africa. I joined the Wheels of Africa group in mm. 1997, I think it was, internal audit. And then through that company, with that group, went over to the Volvo side and they had everything except Volvo cars. Mm. Did some audits there. And then when they got the Volvo car importership, I went to run the finance division. Mm. And from what year was this? 98, I think they okay, got the importership. And then from 2000, when Volvo car took over as the official importer in South Africa, I joined them. And here we are, 20 years later. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's, uh, I mean, uh, uh, obviously it's, uh, you know, a quick, quick description of your journey, but it must have been, yeah. uh, you know, quite a journey to, to get to, to this position in your, in your career. Yeah, I've been fortunate enough to, to be able to travel with Volvo. So I was here in South Africa for three years, 2000 till 2002 in finance. Then I moved to Dubai. It was initially was finance position and took over as the managing director for the region and then moved over to Prague for a couple of years to Austria to run the, the hub of Eastern Central Europe, then moved to Turkey and back to South Africa for five years now, five, six years. Oh, wow. And I mean, uh, out of uh, out of the blue question, you know, a t- tougher place to work in Europe or in South Africa? Probably I'd say the South African market is the toughest. Okay. And for Volvo. For Volvo. And, and, and the reasons for that? Purely size or? I think it's because the strength of the, the German competitors. Okay. Most of them have a manufacturing plant here. Yes. And also, you know, I think from a customer perception, yeah. know, we've changed it, I think, over the last couple of years. But um, it's not an easy sell. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it's definitely doing a lot better. Even with the younger circles, um, it's definitely become one of the top sort of um, considered. No, we've brands. seen some good increases. You know, 2015 was the low point in terms of segment share. Yeah. 2020 was the, the record, actually. Wow. So we're quite proud of that. So as the volume shrinks because of the market size reducing, our share of the segment, of the premium segment, has been increasing. Wow. So it's something that we are proud of. But yeah, it's been challenging. It's been fun, a lot of fun, but it has been a challenge. And so when did, when did Volvo arrive in South Africa? I think, you know, after we pulled out in the early 70s, we came back in 1994 as yeah. a private importer. First it was with another group, 
then moved over to the wheels of Africa that I mentioned. And then from 2000, it's been a, a official importer subsidiary of Volvo Car Corporation. Okay. And uh, Volvo, as we're talking about Volvo as an importer, you know, in, in, in a world, as you put it just now, a lot of the you know, other German manufacturers uh, are, uh, make cars locally, or should I say assemble cars locally. Um, uh, you know, how do you find that um, being an importer versus um, having competitors that are locally, uh, that locally manufacture cars? So I think, you know, I think the biggest disadvantage is that because we don't produce or we don't export, we don't generate what's normally known as export, export credits, which you can use to offset the duties against the imports. Yes. So... Yes, you can sell them as an exporter. You can sell those export credits, but obviously it's a lot better to import it yeah. yourself. So we do make use of those export credits that we buy, but we do pay a lot more in terms of duties and the valorums yes. than what would a, an exporter pay. So that's got an impact on, on profit margin. And I think, you know, I would say the advantage is that being a small company, mm. we're a lot more agile and a lot yeah. more flexible. We can take decisions a lot quicker than perhaps some of the bigger operators. How long yeah. does it take to ship a car? From uh, from Europe, it's about three to four weeks. Okay. And then from China, roughly seven or eight weeks. I think that's quicker than some of um, the other OEMs who came in. Yeah. Um, it's a bit quicker. So, I mean, that's also... Well, I suppose it speaks to Greg's, uh, you know, uh, fact around it's, uh, it, you know, it's, a, it's a smaller, more agile, nimble company. You're, yeah. You're too much shipping times, right? Not the production times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. shipping yeah. times. So three to four weeks and then yeah. seven to eight from China. Wow. Okay. So, uh, so, so if 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 a South Africa, if, so if somebody in South Africa orders a car, for instance, and it's not in the country, uh, what would that lead time be, more or less? I would say three months. Three months. Normally, unless there's a short supply of cars globally, yeah. then obviously it takes longer. But on average, three months, um, you know, a month to get it into production. Couple of weeks of production and then shipping. And shipping, yeah. Because I don't want anybody to kind of think that uh, you can order a car from Volvo and get, <laughs> get it, it uh, eight weeks later. It doesn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but we do have a quite a lot supply in in the country. Okay, we've got a couple of hundred cars at any one time. So unless it's a very un- unusual, unique car with specific features, more than likely we'll be able to offer the car within a week. There was a story that we were covering around uh, the the global chip shortage. Um, has that impacted Volvo? It has, yeah, yeah. I think basically every single. Manufacturing in the world has been impacted. And now it goes beyond car manufacturers, it goes into electronics as well. Yeah. You know, Sony's yeah. released a statement that it will affect the PlayStations. <laughs> so it's, it's a lot me. more than global uh, yeah. automotive, yeah. Yeah. But it has affected us. Incredible. So uh, uh, traditionally, uh, Greg, you know, when people think about Volvo, they think about it being the safest car. Because uh, Volvo is proud of, uh, you know, the, the fact that uh, it's an incredibly safe car. And, and that's a perception the Volvo brands really worked hard on. And, uh, uh, you know, you like uh, um, to be leaders of, uh, of safety. And uh, if you fast forward to 2021, do you think this perception is still true? And uh, give us some recent examples uh, of, of how Volvo leads the, the market in terms of safety. Well, like you said, you know, Volvo has always been synonymous with safety. Um, I think it's still very much the case. I think the case in point is that right now we're the only manufacturer who's got the, uh, from IHS, the top safety pick plus across yeah. all the cars. So the only one. Um, and yeah, we keep on innovating. So it used to be a lot about passive safety. Now it's shifted a lot into the active safety. But you know, the passive safety is very important. Just yeah. to explain the difference between passive so safety passive and active. Passive safety is the... The structure of the car, for example. Okay. Yeah. Active safety will be all the, all the electronics. How it reacts. Yeah. And, and passive idea. safety is, you know, if you have a crash, 
How yeah. is the car built? How is the car designed? Crumpled okay. zones, the different uses of the, of the different steel strengths in in the car you know, to make sure that, for example, if it's a front tool or a south front, the engine goes down um, as little impact on the, on, the, on the compartment where the driver and the passengers are. Yeah. Well, you're talking about uh, you know the engine the engine dropping in in the case of an accident. I suppose what you want, um, and that's what makes battery electric vehicles so, uh, so 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 safe, is because you don't have this big piece of metal that's flying, flying towards, towards you, you yeah. in an accident. So Volvo sa- uh, solved that in the engine ve- ice vehicles, vehicles yeah. by making the engine drop onto the onto the ground. I'm assuming, correct? Yeah. But even from an electric car, you know, there's no engine, but you've got highly flammable uh, batteries. Mm. So it also depends where the manufacturers put the batteries. So yes. ours are in the center console with a lot of reinforcement around it. Okay. Because um, oh, we've heard about these fires. <laughs> yeah, we ran a few stories actually about... Yeah. Um, uh, with your iron. But there was... What, league, what, what was his name from uh, um, that show? What, somebody who can like burst up in flames? Oh, man. <laughs> Jeremy Clarkson's still partner. Oh, Richard Hammond. Yes, he yeah, didn't yeah. he fly off the road and his car burnt out or yeah, something. Yeah, the Rimac. Yeah, I yes. do recall that story. Yeah. Yes, it's crazy. So, yeah. uh, so there's an example. So Volvo packs the packs mm. the batteries with uh, with lots of reinforcement. I mean, historically, um, we're busy talking about some of the inventions that Volvo has come out and sort of you know innovated. Um, the first one being something that I think has saved millions of lives is the three point seatbelt in 1959. Um, Volvo invented that. Yeah, Volvo invented it. I think what's interesting is that we didn't patent it. Yeah. That gave it to the rest of the automotive industry. Did you do that? You did that on purpose, of course. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Sweden, not just the car brand, but the Swedish people are very much um, caring about others. Yeah. So this was one of the big signs that uh, uh, cars are driven by people. The, yeah. The opening statement. So we need to make sure that we protect them, and it's not just about Volvo drivers; it's all it's the about drivers. Yeah. yeah. And this has saved millions of lives. I mean, we still use that the pretty much yeah. the exact same um, technology. It works. Right, yeah. and I think of all safety equipment, it's probably the one that's lasted the longest. And you know, we spoke about active safety a bit earlier. That's the primary mm. one that everything else works around it. If your head goes forward, or if your body goes forward, you know, the airbag can hurt you, it can yeah. kill you. you know, everything else relies on the fact that you've got a seatbelt, yeah. restrained into the seat. It's a premium yeah. brand. It's always been that's one been one of the the reasons why it stayed such a premium brand for so long is because it thinks about these small. Increments. The nuances. Yeah, yes, exactly. Um, the details. What are the, what are the other eight? So I'm just going to name a few of them. Rear facing child seats in 1972. Um, the side impact protection in 91. Whiplash protection in 98. Um, inflatable curtains in 98 as well. 98. That That's early, hey? Yeah. Um, coming back to closer to now, we have city safety. Um, I know that's been upgraded now into the prediction, the pedestrian detection with braking um, system, which I've actually seen working um, with some of the trucks, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. um, which blew my mind. Literally blew my mind. These two kids were crossing the road. And the car stopped. Volvo, yeah, the Volvo truck literally just stopped, and I was like, what? And uh, and there's no input from the driver? No. Um, and you can't yeah. switch it off either. Yeah. So it's there. And obviously, up to a certain speed, it will prevent the accident. Mm. Above a certain speed, you, know, you, you can't predict. No, you can do. You yeah. can't stop, start braking too early. Yes. It's just physics, but right? It will, <laughs> stop, it, it will slow down. And prevent a serious, serious accident. Yes. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's incredible. That's that's absolutely incredible. So, uh, so getting on to another topic here, uh, Greg, and that is COVID nineteen. You know that uh, funny thing that uh, we've never heard about. Um, um, how has the business fared uh, during the year twenty twenty? How, how did you do last year? 
I mean, I think for everybody, it was a tough year. Um, yeah, there's no doubt about it. The market from yeah. quite a healthy market in quarter one, 2020, for everybody. April was zero sales, more or less. You know, we sold one car that gave us a 50% segment share because there's one other car that <laughs> delivered. Yeah. Um, and then started off you know, very slowly from May onwards. Yeah. Um, we haven't fully recovered. I don't of think course. we've recovered as a country. Yeah. Probably the, the traffic is back to normal. More kind or less. of, depending on the time of the day, right? Yeah, but um, yeah, it's, it's been a tough one. And then for us in Volvo Car South Africa, you know, we try to handle it as much as we can. Uh, we were very prudent in terms of social distancing, so we broke up and worked from home about two weeks before the official lockdown, and we continued to do that in various forms until more or less August. You know, we had a half office and a quarter office, and we rotated people. But you know, glad to say that for the time being, we're back to 100. percent And mm. it's just you know, it's it's okay to work from home, but yeah. so much nicer when you're at the office with everybody. Yeah, it's just a different atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, our our uh, our philosophy there is uh, what we've learnt as a business is that work from home is not necessarily good for a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't get the in pa- the passing decision making, the passing conversations, lo- meeting at the water cooler, That's solving exactly problems. Yeah. You have to actually physically zoom somebody. Yeah, and you can't have a meeting about something that you don't know. Yes, and when you're in office, you overhear things. You walk past, things, yeah. you can have a quick discussion. Yes, it's it's much better as far as I'm concerned. So you're fully at the office for now. So uh, besides safety, uh, Greg, um, uh, you know what else uh, does the brand focus on? What are the lesser known facts about Volvo that you can tell everybody? Well, I think you know, we're quite strong. One of the leaders, I think, in electrification, um, which we'll talk about later, hopefully, and then also the driver, as that you mentioned, you know, we have got a vision to have a, a self-driving autonomous car yeah. in the next couple of years. Obviously, it'll be in stages. But all the safety features and the driver aids that we've mentioned, all that eventually will come together to have a, an autonomous car. Mm. Well, I mean, uh, uh, working towards autonomy, I think, uh, uh, is, 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 is such a, a yes. difficult thing to do. Um, yeah. you know, but I, I think Volvo, I've read quite a bit about Volvo focusing on this area and, yeah. you know, how is it going? What, uh, what, what, what can you tell us that, that you've learned and, uh, and, and how's it progressing from an oh. autonomy, autonomous car point of view? Yeah, I think everybody, including Volvo has underestimated the complexity mm. of what an autonomous car is. And it's, you can make the car drive, drive itself, but when you put all the dynamics of people and other cars around it, it's a totally different ball game. Yeah. And so, you know, five years ago, people were saying that early 20s will have cars driving by themselves. We know when you're having cars drive by itself mm. all the time. Yeah. You know, so what you experienced, you know, on the highway or on the road, you can go straight. It will keep the speed. You know, that's stage one. Mm. And we'll keep on innovating on top of that. But to have a fully autonomous car in every single road conditions, I think we're still far, far away from it. And I, and I think you 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 know spot on there from a, from a complexity point of view. Um, you know, it's all it's all good and well having an idea and getting investors behind that idea, but a real car manufacturer now grappling with this, yeah. you start to realize how difficult it really is to fully fully autonomize. Uh, yeah. I mean, it needs you, to speak to the environment, right? It's not just. I mean, if it would be one thing if all the cars were speaking to each other, well, um, but yeah. now you have different. Even, well, you know, 1968 uh, Ford Mustang, for instance, driving next to one of these. Yeah, it? It just well, you know, there's so many other cars. But you know, let's say 2050, we're going to have autonomous cars. Yeah. But between now and then, when you have a degree of autonomous cars, and then some which are not, I think that's the challenge. Because yeah. once all the cars are autonomous and they're talking to each other, 
that's quite easy. It's yeah. easy, yeah. But you've got to get there. Yeah. And that's part of the complexity, I suppose, because you've got to solve for that. Yeah. But uh, let's get into, uh, you know, my passionate area, and that is uh, um, the uh, the battery electric vehicle that uh, Volvo is bringing to South Africa shortly. Tell us a bit about, uh, is it the XC40? So it's the XC40 um, P8 variant, the recharge, full electric. We launched it to the press about a week ago or so. We announced the prices last week, Thursday. Um, I'm glad to say that all the cars, the first production has been sold out in South Africa. All sold out. All sold out. So <laughs> yeah, it was a difficult one to see how many cars do we need. We were given 15 because it's a new car globally. Yeah. And was that, was that, was that sold out within like a short period of time of the announcement? It was essentially a weekend. Yeah. We announced the prices on Friday morning. By Sunday, it was gone. Fully sold out. Yeah. And fully sold out online, right? That's, online. um, you could only buy it online. Correct. So that's one of the, Decisions we've taken globally is that in the future, all the electric cars will only be available online. Mm. Um, you know, we've done a lot of research and it's quite clear that while the customers definitely want a relationship with the dealership when it comes to servicing the car, uh, when it comes to buying, that buying process, they're not a fan of. Okay. Um, it's intimidating. Mm. They want, they don't want to negotiate. They don't want to go around and, and you know, just discuss all the things and are there, is my neighbor getting a better deal than I am? That's so, kind of a case study in itself because I know George is super, super passionate about um, automotive digital retailing. And one of the pain points that we always speak about is the financing and insurance that's done. And the haggling. I mean, consumers, hagging, yeah. consumers uh, they want to get the best deal, as you say. They want to yeah. feel like they got the best price. And, yeah. uh, and I suppose a move like this to yeah. having it online directly with the OEM takes away that haggling because the price you see is the price you pay. Exactly and everybody right. pays it. That's the you know, that's the whole point behind it. There's yeah. no negotiation, and as I mentioned earlier, the customer must be happy with the price. Yeah. But they don't know the guy before them. Yes. Has got a better price. Yeah. yeah. It's that uncertainty, and it takes away from the joy of of buying you know, a brand exactly. new car. That's okay. true. So but it's case study in itself. The so fact that, that it was possible um, is something that's worth noting. Well, I, I think I think you're right. Uh, you know, it's a, uh, we should actually get into that as a topic on its own one day. And just just talk about online sales. Maybe we can get Greg back and uh, sure. uh, and just talk about online sales. But um, uh, but let's let's get back to the battery electric vehicle XC40 <laughs> that you're bringing out. And um, yeah. sorry for dragging you back there. But uh, 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 you know, tell us a little bit about. Um, you know, are you going to bring more? We hope so. Okay. Um, yeah, this is the first electric car for Volvo. Um, it's. It's very popular globally, as you can imagine, especially in Europe, where um, the market shifted more towards electric cars than elsewhere in the world. Yes. Uh, but we plan to launch a new electric car every year now. Mm. Um, some will be existing models, like with the XC40. In two years' time, I think we'll have a totally new segment that we're going to go into. So it will be smaller Volvo, two, three years' time. Mm. But every year, between now and 2025, we'll have a new electric car coming through. Wow. So, so Volvo's future intention is battery electric. Um, so, so just tell me uh, this, the, the, the hybrid versions of the car, was that a stepping stone or do you see hybrids continuing for, for no, much longer? It's definitely a stepping stone between a fully ice engine mm-hmm. and then you've got the mild hybrids and plug-in hybrids and then on its way into a fully electric future. So, so Volvo's definitely squarely focused on this, uh, on this fully electric future. Yeah. So what we've said is about 2030, all our new cars will be electric. So all the ice engines will fall away. Yeah. Diesel sooner than petrol. And by 2030, we, we plan to have a, a full showroom to be electric. Mm. And um, with regards to the XC40, I mean, we surely wouldn't know how popular it's going to be in South Africa. But is there any incentives that have helped push those sales that Volvo is offering? Well, there's nothing from the government perspective. Um, yeah. So 
in most countries, if not all the countries, there where the electric cars have taken off, it's always been subsidized in some way yeah. by the government. What we've done um, from Volvo's side is we've launched it with a care package. So it's got a normal five-year, um, 100,000-kilometer warranty maintenance plan. But we also added uh, three years of comprehensive insurance, uh, the wall box charger for the home, oh, nice. um, any public cord will be included. So those you don't pay for, you get it with the car. It's with the car. And you know, specifically in South Africa, the distances between the cities are yeah. big. Uh, big, yeah. big mm-hmm. distances long. So we, we're aware of that. So what we've done is that for the first three years, there will be a two-week period mm. every year that the customer can request a petrol-driven car okay. just to take on a holiday. And I think that will take away from this range anxiety and having to stop every couple hundred kilometers to charge up. Um, the infrastructure is there on the major routes, yes. so that's Definitely, not an yeah. issue. But the long distance, it just adds to the total trip. Well, the, the range, range anxiety is psychological, like we were talking about just before this. Yeah. You know, you've got a car that could do 400 kilometers. So it's definitely still possible, right? You, you, it's very possible. Yeah. You, you're going to stop every 200 k's because you just don't know. You know, yeah. in your head, you don't know. It's you know, it's very possible to do. So, so how Volvo is solving this is to is to allow you to take an ICE vehicle for two weeks of the year. It's going to be noisy. Well, <laughs> at least you don't have to stop. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, but I think you know from a a infrastructure point of view, as I mentioned earlier, the, the charger stations are there, mm. but whether the range is three fifty or four fifty, you're not going to take the chance. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's that whole mindset that needs to change. You know, forget about the long trips; even on a daily basis, mm. you don't fill up the car when it's empty. Yes. You charge it now when you can. Yeah. So when you're at home with a wall box charger, charge it overnight. When you go shopping, there's a charger there. Just top it up. George always says, like your mobile phone, just treat, treat it, treat it like your phone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, let's get, let's let's talk for a second about uh, about the import taxes and the and the incentives. Um, you know, is there anything you can tell us there from uh, uh, you know negotiation with uh, with the government point of view? Because we're calling on the government all the time to to do something about this because we've got to move to an electric future. And uh, and 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 you know, I've heard figures of twenty five, thirty five, forty five, up to eighty eighty five percent. Yeah. Tax on a car from the import tax all the way through to the ad valorem taxes, um, uh, and other excise taxes that just push the price of the car up to the end consumer. You know, is there any positive future here that you can see or are we only in the early stages? Well, I think we are in early stages. So first of all, the, the electric car is more expensive to manufacture. Yeah. Um, that's a fact for the time being, you know, 25, 26, it might be in line with the ice, ice car. Yeah. You know, 27, 28, maybe a little bit cheaper, we'll see. But there's no support from the government now. A lot of discussion happening, and I think you know, the government needs to do something, but the question is, can they afford to do it? So mm. They're very reliant on the taxes. They are, and it's, yeah. it's not just the import tax we're talking about. It's also the petrol taxes. You know, petrol in South Africa is very highly taxed. Mm-hmm. It's a source of revenue for the government. And if you look at it in the short term, what we essentially asking the government to do is take away the money that they might not have and that they would normally give it to the poor mm-hmm. and subsidize cars, which for the time being, for the next one or two years, it's a, it's a rich car. Yes. Yeah. So the government isn't stuck between a, a rock and a hard place, but they have to do something. You know, our exports have to change to electric within the next couple of years. I think yes. Three quarters of our production is going to Europe. Um, European cars, after 2025, there's more and more countries that will not allow diesel, then later on ice cars, mm. into the major cities. Which then puts our market at risk. Exactly. And if we can't export, that's got a huge impact on the local economy. Yes. So I think sooner or later the government has to step in. 
Well, there you go. Um, if the government is listening, please, we're asking you nicely. Again. Do something about <laughs> incentivizing electric cars. So finally, Greg, uh, um, how important is the, is the used car market to Volvo in South Africa? I think it's very important. Um, when you sell the, your new car that you bought, there has to be a market for it. Otherwise, there will not be a market for new cars. And um, I think historically there's been that perception that you know, Volvo has got poor residual values. I think it was true maybe 15 years ago, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. That's all changed. Yes. So we've spent a lot of time to try and overcome that perception. Yeah, it's difficult to change perception. So yeah. there's still some people who think yeah, uh, Volvo's got poor residual value. What we've done um, last three years, I think, we've guaranteed the residual values together with Volvo Car Finance. Yes. Oh, nice. So yeah, even if a customer doesn't buy that finance package, the fact that there's a guarantee that he can have, I think, puts a lot of comfort in the customer's mind. And we've been following the used car values. We're right up there with our competition. And you've got the Volvo Select program. We do. Which, yes, which kind of supports that second-hand it market. Does, and it's, it's a very strong offer you know, in terms of making sure that the car is as good as new. So mm. what we'd like to say, you know, the next best thing next to a new Volvo is a second-hand Volvo. <laughs> That's a very good statement yeah, to have. Definitely. Well, uh, uh, that's all we have time for. Uh, any other thoughts, Wendy? Uh, no, you know, I might just um, definitely considering. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of people are going to be excited to hear some of the things that are coming in the future. Let's see what happens. We'll definitely keep our, our eyes and ears. Any other final thoughts there, Greg? Uh, thank you for inviting me. You're most welcome. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that is the end of another Auto Central show. And uh, we have had in the studio, I'm going to have to read the surname, Greg Maruszewski, <laughs> uh, Managing Director of Volvo Car South Africa. And we were joined kindly by this black XC90. See you next time. Thank you.